This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Changing Lenses, a unique perspective on health and wellness. Our purpose is to share the nurse's story. Changing Lenses is based on the narrative of the personal journey of six nurses. It will take shape over a six-week period. These radio interviews allows you, the listener, to hear the human story of nurses, their successes, challenges and how they see the world around them. My name is Anna Aikman and this is Changing Lenses. And today we're interviewing Elizabeth Cook. Elizabeth is a, uh, has a very diverse background in nursing, mental health, pharmacy, governance and complementary and alternative medicines. Health is Elizabeth's absolute passion. She has a vigorous enthusiasm for healthy communities and brings her vibrant and tenacious energy into everything she does. Faced with only conventional options of career development upon her graduation from nursing school, Elizabeth took the momentous step of not following her colleagues' footsteps. She carved her own path and pursued integrative medicine to offer enhanced holistic care. Good afternoon, Elizabeth. Good afternoon, Anna. Thank you very much for uh, joining us and uh, bringing your presence to this room in the studio. Thank you so much for your vision and, and what an exciting series of listening to the nurses journey and the nurse's perspective. Um, Really, really thank you for inviting me here today. So let's begin with how your health journey began and how your early life really impacted on the way that you saw health and viewed health and the way that you currently practice today. Sure. Um, Well, for me, Anna, um, growing up, I always had, um, I always had health through my childhood. It was something that I remember from my childhood. I spent a lot of time in hospitals um, with my mother. In fact, I probably it was probably more normal to have her unwell than it ever was to have her well. So that was the that was the normal. So it wasn't something that caused me a lot of stress because it was something that you were used to, um, which is very unusual for for a child growing up. And so part of that, I was always. Um, in that sort of caretaker role for a lot of that. And with with that experience of being in, a, in an observer role, seeing my mum's experience through her extensive times through specialists in hospitals and private um, private places as well, you you saw things that made made you so amazed as a child of Wow, what a difference that could make for my mum with the with the way they had their touch or their soft words or the fun. I remember um, I remember one time when she was in hospital. We were in a private facility, and it was she was having trouble adjusting to having a wheelchair um, and and all the connotations that came with being in a wheelchair. And so the nurse that was on, and it was some you know, silly hour. She got me a wheelchair as well and lined us up in the hallway and gave us races right down the hallway. So it was it was something that I always wanted to be. I looked at them and I thought, wow, I would love to to do what they do and and give all of that knowledge and care and science into making people better. So for me growing up, it was something I was always surrounded by. I was always curious about it. I always wanted to know how things worked and if things were not working, how do we get it back on track? And also with that, um, having a mother with chronic illness, you also learn that um, sometimes the medications stop working. And what do you do when that happens? So through that growing up, you know, we, we did explore those um alternatives to to medicines and I also learned through that as well you know the human spirit the human condition that whole spiritual emotional aspect that is often just an afterthought behind a diagnosis so 
I have a very invested interest in health because I had a loved one that was very unwell. And so I wanted to know, how, how can we really make people well? What happens when the, the, the standard um, treatments stop working and why aren't they working? So I've always been very, very curious about health. And ever since, if I found I couldn't get the answer, I was very focused on finding those clues through, through other avenues. So, yeah, that's a little bit about how I ended up on my nursing journey. So if I look at you across um, from me at this point in time, Liz, um, I am viewing a beautiful young woman, a young nurse who has had such diverse experience in your short time as a registered nurse. Um, Would you be able to share with the listeners what your experience currently looks like? Um, So... I guess I'll just jump slightly before I went into nursing because it still it affects my practice today as well and the way I, I practice nursing. So when I was a student nurse, I worked um, uh, as a massage therapist, so the therapeutic touch and, and that healing contact. And I also trained in um, a therapy called Reiki, so that hands-on healing as well. And the archetype of the healer um, is what I bring to my nursing. Um, I feel like it encompasses how I practice. So I just just bringing that in as well into that holistic therapies, that touch therapy. Um, when we are so busy with our paperwork, it comes back to to the people and and to that connection. So I have a background in that as well. And then when I graduated from nursing, I was struggling with trying to figure out where I fit in the nursing world because I had such a a rich experience of health. It wasn't new to me. It was like a finalization of, of some education and um, learning the art of nursing, but health and people and healing and sickness and illness and and recovery were definitely not new experiences for me. And when I went through my different places, I, I looked around and I didn't feel like this was the place for me. I still felt like I was searching for where I felt I could make a big difference on the floor as a nurse at the coalface, but also on a, on a bigger level, on a, on a level bigger than what I could do on my, my own. Um, I guess that... Uh, that feeling of being drawn to a, a cause, so that really intrinsic drive. So I went out and, and got a role um, that I never thought I would get, but I you know, always apply for the job. <laughs> you never know where it ends up. And I worked in a community role and, and mental health services, and my role was to <coughs> develop different initiatives based on um, a holistic view of health and I thought I'd won the lottery with that job. I was so absolutely ecstatic. I felt like I had all my elements and I could use all my creativity and uh, work across a whole range of services that way to to help people in a way that I thought that mattered, that was beyond a a diagnosis. Um, And that was long-term thinking and thinking about our communities, thinking about our societies and thinking about the, the structure that people are born into their circumstances and their beliefs. So I, I really loved those big thinking sort of projects. Um, and from that, I kind of catapulted myself into a number of other projects that I'm not really sure how I got in, but I managed to sneak in through a, back, through a few back doors. Um, and one of them was working on a project um, for the New Zealand Sleep Foundation um, as a working group member to bring that in and looking at the issues around sleep. And I learned a lot from some very experienced uh, governance experts and, and just industry experts in general from a whole range of disciplines, uh, health and otherwise. And so from there, I got a lot of governance experience and I also um, found myself working with a the Palmerston North Women's Health Collective, and that was a, a really 
um, eye-opening experience to even learn of where these strong, amazing women came from 25 years plus um, ago and how they how they started with an idea and then where they ended up all these decades later because they had an idea and they had a drive for women's health and women's well-being. And again, I was very attracted to a, a bigger idea, a bigger concept of how we can um, bring well-being to people in our communities and um, other experiences as I worked as a as a natural health consultant as well at the same time. They're all, they're all happening at the same time. I'm not sure how I fitted it all in either. But um, when I was doing that, I also, at the same time, got onto a really, really um, great project that's really close to my heart called um, the Kind Hearts Movement. So it's about as warm and fuzzy and... and um, warm and fuzzy and just something that makes my heart sing with kindness and and that's what I'm all about. How can we make a connection with people? How can we make our communities stronger? And I believe that's through the interactions we have with each other on a really basic fundamental level and I think we can all um, think about an interaction that we have with someone and so subtle, so so simple, and how that can absolutely change our day. And how exciting is the fact that we have the power to do that and it costs nothing. Like, it's just amazing. So I was absolutely for support of that, and I, and I worked on that as well. Um, and then from there, I had, you know, a decision around, okay, where am I going to go from here with nursing and I explored a few different options in health and then um, decided that, well, the first didn't decide, actually, I had a great conversation with Anna Aikman yourself <laughs> uh, as you do some Googling, trying to find out if there's anybody out there with maybe similar views to health and, and I stumbled across your website um, about a year and a half ago now, I think. And um, I saw that you worked as an integrative nurse coach. And I was like, again, I thought I won the lottery. Like, how exciting. I can't believe this exists. I've never heard of it. This is ex exactly the type of um, nursing that I want to be involved with. So naturally, I called you on up. Um, and from there, I learned about the, the uh, holistic nursing accreditation through the um, American nurse, holistic nursing um, accreditation abroad and they had an international exam you could sit so I studied up for that and I went went to Christchurch and I sat that exam at a very frightening assessment centre with cameras that recorded you at all times and you couldn't take anything and it was a bit Friday but uh, passed with flying colours and very very excited to be uh, at the moment the first um, New Zealand registered nurse to have the Holistic Nursing Accreditation, um, which is super exciting. And to be um, walking alongside Anna, Anna Aikman and, and uh, Heather, uh, Heather as well. Um, so with that accreditation in place, I was very um, excited and empowered and I decided, right, what can I do with my nursing practice? What can I learn? How can I integrate this so that... My vision of what I want health to look like is what I actually do. So how do I align my vision with my values and my actual work? So I decided that I would pursue study in um, uh, naturopathy or naturopathy. And at the moment, I'm in my final year of that now. And basically, I am looking at, in the ideal world, I would love to work as a nurse a holistic nurse, that's what I, I like to think of myself as at the, at the core of it, or the holistic nurse, a healer, um, with clients using all of that nursing experience, that comprehensive training, that science, with that holistic approach as well, um, and using, you know, what, what does the client need? What do they want? What's also going to help them with their health journey? So it is that true partnership, and they have those true options and they feel they can actually discuss it with someone that isn't necessarily one camp or the other, but a, a beautiful integration of both. So 
I also work um, currently as a naturopath intern through Flourish Naturopathy in Dunedin with another brilliant um, naturopath there, Tracy um, Laurent. So it's a really exciting opportunity to be coming into the practice there and, and taking on clients and just feeling like I'm finding my place and, and what I want health to look like. And then while I'm doing that as well, so studying full-time at the moment, working at, at Flourish Naturopathy, and I also work at the hospital um, in Otago th- the, uh, through a range of mental health services, including uh, emergency uh, mental health or psychiatric services and um, inpatient settings as well. So I keep very, 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 very busy. <laughs> so in, um, in all that, Liz, and that diversity of work that you're doing as a very young uh, registered nurse, how do you care for yourself? Great question. So <laughs> I, I was laughing um, on the way here that, um, you know, asking me a self-care. I've probably had about two and a half hours sleep before arriving for the interview today. But on a good day, I make sure that my um, my sleep as much as you can and shift work um, is sound. I, I like to get that nine hours sleep. You'll know if I haven't gotten that, that nine hours of sleep. I also um, dance. I love to dance and uh, partner dancing. And that is like an active meditation for me. Um, my brain just shuts off and there's no talking and there's just movement and you're interpreting what to do next based on, you know, subtle body movements and you have you know, incredible presence with the, the music as well. And that is something I really, really, really enjoy. So dancing, if you, if you know. If anyone asks me that, she's dancing, dancing. Where she's probably at dance practice, she's at dancing. Yeah, so that's something I do um, a lot. Um, I also try and spend time outside. That's really important to me, and I feel like I never do it enough, but I probably do it a lot. And just sitting in the sun, which you don't get a lot of in Dunedin, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, going out into some beautiful walks in Dunedin and no headphones, just actually listening to the sounds of, you know, your feet on the ground, of the birds um, in the trees, feeling the wind, just those things that are a million miles away from all the sort of tasks and productivity that I've been all tied up in, I think that is so important for me. And I also do mindfulness every day um, through a little app on your phone, um, through Headspace. I love it. And it was really, if anyone's wondering, it's mindfulness for me. It was really hard for me at the start. And now it's like a treat when I do it. Like I'm really excited to check my, my thinking brain out as well. And I also spend time with, you know, very trusted friends to talk things through. I love to, I love um, words and exploring different things with friends. And I've got some very, um, very similar friends that like to think in that way too. So it's great to explore things that I find like really stimulating and interesting with other people that um, are the same way inclined. And I love to f- to eat food and prepare food with loved ones. Something I really enjoy. So lots of different things, and you know, massage and and having space to myself. I love solitude. I really, really enjoy solitude. Um, uh, an intentional time alone. I think it's really important to recharge. So what I'm um, sensing from you, Liz, is that you have quite a creative. Uh, outlet and part of who you are seems to be intrinsically creative. Do you feel that there is a place for creativity within nursing? Absolutely. And I would would challenge that and say that everything we do is creative because we are continuously coming up with solutions. We're continuously faced with almost unbelievable circumstances that people come in with increasingly complex health um, issues and social situations. And with the very limited resources we have sometimes, the very limited time we have, we have to come up with these these plans and, and goals and 
ideas of how can we how can we intervene here to get a positive outcome in a way that's going to have a long term benefit. Um, there's also what you get uh, taught in terms of what is you know what is the the ideal that happens, and there's also the reality and in, in practice, and it's finding ways to make that work as well. You got to think on your feet. You've got to work together with the team. You're continuously creating. It's just what do we define as creating? So um, absolutely, I think there's creativity in nursing, and I think it happens every moment we we interact. Every every time we have. Um, uh, an assessment, um, you know, that nursing process, every part of it is part of that creative process. And I think that we do our work better when we let that creativity flow and we don't stifle it. And it can be stifled for all sorts of reasons as well. Yeah. Can you give us some examples on what creativity might look like for you? In my, in my nursing practice? Mm-hmm. Um I suppose it would be knowing when to, knowing timing. So you may have an idea of of what needs to be done and that is the approach that would be the standard outcome and that's what you need to do and da-da-da. But you've got a person in front of you as well. So just because it's, it's something that you should do doesn't mean that it's actually useful for your client. And maybe the vocabulary you're using or the tact or the angle you're using is not in line with the patient's view of their issue or their worldview. So it's coming up in, in terms of creativity. It's coming up with ways of how can I connect, um, have the outcome that is going to be the most beneficial but make it look like it was their idea, for example, or make it look like um, the the way they were going towards their goals was a lot easier than they ever could have imagined. So it's that creativity and in finding how to make things easier, how to make things fun, um, and even in the most you know darkest of of situations and, and moments. We can bring that creative process. We can bring that presence, that intention, and that human moment. So I think that that would be an example of that. So the curiousness, I guess, of your patient and being really um, having the ability to listen well and get to understand who they are as an individual. Absolutely. And um, you can bring the creativity in there to uh, think differently and, and in fact, um, on that note, Anna, we often listen to reply when we need to listen to understand and we need to listen to what is behind their words and we need to listen deeply with presence. And when you do that, it's so deeply transformative as well. And, you know, our... I like to think um, that our words are a medicine. And there's a there's a great book that has always really inspired me, Anna. It's called um, Women Who Run With the Wolves, Contacting the Power of the Wild Woman by um, Clarissa Pinkoles-Stess. And she has a background in, um, in, in her tradition as a, as a storyteller through her lineage. And also she's a... Jungian psychoanalyst as well. So she works a lot with the archetypes. Um, But she, I know she talks somewhere in her book about um, how words and words and words and stories, in particular her stories and medicine. And I just want to say that, you know, words are, are medicine and they have the power to heal. But with all medicines, if used wrong, or carelessly, or with ignorance, or if used with good intentions at the wrong time, or if used under the wrong conditions without consideration of the person you are speaking with, words can then be poison. and, And again, when we use our creative process and it's stifled, does it come out in, in toxic ways as well? So how do we harness that in our practice? And how do we have that reflective and that mindful uh, process? And 
I feel like that, you know, that human connection, that deep empathy, that deep listening and our words is that is absolute core to my practice. Thank you, Liz. And so today you have chosen um, a piece of music that resonates with you and it's called Hunter by Bjork. This is Anna Aikman, uh, Changing Lenses, and we've just listened to the song Hunter by Bjork. And today we're interviewing Elizabeth Cook, registered nurse, naturopath, intern, Reiki master, massage therapist, naturopath, intern, and holistic nurse. So Liz, what a very interesting piece of music. Yeah. So share, share with us uh, your uh, how that makes you feel and why you chose uh, Bjork Hunter. Yeah, it was, it was really, really hard to choose one one song because I, I decided to choose one song for this. And um, Bjork's somebody that I have been listening to for years. And so I was looking through a song guy. I know there'll be there'll be a gem of a song in here from Bjork, and um, her the way she weaves her musical landscapes as I'd always have found quite phenomenal. And the inspiration she draws upon from her Icelandic roots as well, and, and nature, and especially she talked about you know the volcanic um, 
the volcanic things the the ocean the thunder all those things that she tries to reflect on her music and the beautiful use of instruments and then her incredible voice but um with her um with the lyrics that she talks about in this i thought it was very um poignant with how i was feeling in recent times and to me it represents feeling like you have you know you have a lot of responsibility and maybe you feel quite overwhelmed and, and almost like abandoned in it and you're kind of stuck in this place where you don't exactly really want to be there it's not it's not freeing it's not um fully resonating with you and feeling like you have to not not only seek your journey but you it's more in, intense than that you're you're hunting for it you're seeking it out and i can i just really like it and she's she's quite funny in her song where she thought you know she thought she could organize freedom and some kind of jokes about oh, how scandinavian of herself and just things that I always kind of laugh when I look back when I thought I was I was so determined to do um, to do something or had this incredible vision and you know look back and I go how did I carry myself through that thought process um, so she's she's very ferocious and especially in her creative pursuits and the deep connection with that um, you know that that source whatever you want to call it the the that knowing that universal connection and I feel like I've always been like that especially of recent times just I'm going hunting for what I need and where I need to go and also bringing that back as well bringing back the goods but I don't know when so it's that journey absolutely so I thought this was a brilliant song for something that inspires me so do you see yourself as a uh, seeker and a seeker of what? Good question, Anna. Um, I, I, I love that word, the seeker, for a start. But a seeker of many things. Um, and I think, I think whatever you're seeking, you go deep with it. You go within. Um, you, you reach down to your your past your whether that's ancestral whether that's your experiences and i truly believe you look to the past to to know where you're going as well um and with that that seeking it's looking for for me new ways of seeing i'm i'm very very curious unfortunately about everything um i'm always interested i'm always looking up something um because i just think that everything about life is so interesting and so fascinating and there's so much potential for change and i think that's so exciting so i love ideas uh, i love learning about new things and probably with you know you you um, noticed my huge variety <laughs> of background and experience, and that is because I am insatiably curious about these different areas, and I feel like I can't fit just in one. I can't imagine myself being just in one area because I feel like I have so many other parts of myself to express and to learn and to um, develop. So it's it's really difficult to to stay in. Um, one area so I definitely feel like the journeyer the, the seeker of what everything <laughs> so you mentioned about uh, looking from within and a word that often gets used in healthcare, either absent or present is the word intuition do sure. you use intuition in your work and what does that mean to you and how do you apply it? Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of different sort of, um, I should say, lenses, people, very poignant lenses, um, place on that word. And vocabulary is really interesting like that because the word may have a negative con connotation for someone else. Someone might want to medicalise the word out of intuition. Um, 
to make it more comfortable, especially in the health setting. It's not... um, it's almost like a dirty word sometimes, I find. Um, but absolutely, I, I really identify with the word intuition, whether that comes from that intuitive knowing, that that's, that spiritual sense, that place that's bigger than us. And, and a lot of people have different belief systems um, around that. And, you know, there's also that ability to combine all your senses in a way that is an intuitive process you have a knowledge you have experience you have um, a way of your body integrating that and bring it to your forefront and you may not figure out exactly why it's come to the forefront but your your body's made a connection there and it just sometimes takes a little bit of time to analyze that and be like ah, I see how I came to that sometimes I feel like my mind um, my, my intuitive process rushes to the forefront and then um, especially in work I have to kind of sit on it until I have the the other bits of information to kind of act upon it in a, in a tangible way but um, it's definitely something that is there at the forefront so in terms of you know I'd get a sense of a scenario before anyone's kind of spoken which I appreciate is not something that a lot of people have or can relate to but that is something that I don't need words for and then through you know that nursing process that nursing assessment I get all that information that you know fills out that the bones of of what I think is happening and also it's again with such a, a background in holistic therapies as well you get um you get really practiced at noticing nuances and and mood and the unsaid things and you know communication's only like i can't remember the exact statistic but like seven percent verbal so i live in that non-verbal world those you know um mental uh, psychic landscapes of the mind, the psyche. So intuition is, is a land I love to live in and use that to inform my decisions in a in a analytical and practical way that also grounds back into my value systems as well. Much of what you've been speaking about uh, today, Liz, has been around creativity, kindness and values intuition. So what values are important for you to be able to be practiced in the best way that you can for the best outcome of those that you care for? Sure, there's there's a number of different values, but I, I guess I was just centered down on, on just a feeling because I feel like they all interlap in many aspects as well, and certainly not one's more important than the other but um, I think integrity is something that I I really value and I feel like if um, that isn't in place then everything kind of falls off the wagon after that so to speak Um, integrity and and character integrity and intention integrity and recommendations integrity and the process of being in the very privileged position of walking through someone, walking um, alongside someone that is going through possibly the worst scenario they've ever experienced in their life. So for me, that is a, a number one. Other values is is um, compassion and deep empathy. And that um, when you are working with people, you know, it, sometimes that can be really challenging. You know, we work with people from all sorts of walks of life and they may not identify with the same values um, at all. They may be presenting with a lot of distress. Um, they may not view their health as a priority as a health professional that we would view it in. And, um, you know, you find finding through that compassion is realising it's not your journey, that's their journey and you're there as a temporary person in their their permanent, very permanent life situation. And it's planting seeds of how I can maybe, how I can make a difference in their lives in a way that is important to them and recognising that 
even if they may not feel that way, um, it's not a reflection of of my own, the the quality of an um, intervention, and it's recognizing that I can have compassion for myself in that regard too, and recognizing where people are at in their journey. So compassion is so important. So instead of getting frustrated, which which obviously happens. Um, if you feel like things aren't progressing in the way that you'd imagine or a way that you'd feel like would make their life so much easier, um, it's just going, okay, that's that's their journey and that's that where that are and what can I do to walk alongside them to help them where they're at at the moment. And other values is kindness, as we've touched on. I love kindness. Sprinkle it everywhere. <laughs> and hmm, let's see. I think um, those are the ones that, come quickly to mind and the rest I feel like would integrate and interweave into those values. So Liz, I find it really interesting that you have a very wise sense of being in a very young body and I know that I've mentioned that a few times and um, and you spoke about your early life caring for a family member and being able to use your intuition maybe very early on and the journey that you've taken in always in holistic health. How would you like to see uh, how we can help support healthy communities? I feel that, you know, every every community is different um, and those can be minority communities, they can be communities in small towns they can be as a country a mentality in that regard um, and I feel that what makes healthy communities it's people what makes healthy people there's lots of different lots of different theories around around health and well-being um, and you can address all these different issues from lots of different perspectives, society, economically, politically, and as well as on an internal level as well. And we have a lot of people in our community living in distress. Um, It's quite epidemic now. And I think on a, especially with someone with a lot of mental health background as well in my professional life as a nurse, I think that we build healthy communities by the way we interact with people on a really fundamental level, a feeling of belonging, a feeling of connection, a feeling of purpose, um, and and that's not to discount all those other practical um, uh, aspects of life as well. Um, these are more of those intrinsic feelings um, that I'm more talking about at the moment and I feel like if you can empower people to be inspired that maybe their life can look the way they could ever imagine it to think that they can make a difference to think that their voice and their actions have have weight and influence um, to deeply listen um, in in a time um, in history where we want instant um, gratification when we speak and people speak very loudly with a, lot, <laughs> with, um, a lack of wisdom <laughs> in, in today's time and words travel very quickly and ideas travel with astonishing speed um, but that doesn't assess that they are actually good ideas or good values or good thoughts and I feel like again when we go back into those deep roots those deep internal spaces um, of ourselves and we reflect on our growth our journey our development when we know where we're at as a person when we've done our work that's when we can go out and, and interact in our communities as a person, part of our communities, our societies, and we can build those connections. And it actually starts with us. So when you're asking what builds a healthy community, um, I'll say that at the core, it comes back to who we are, because we are what makes up a community. How would you 
utilise the nurse's voice for global health? Do you think it can be used as a powerful force of becoming uh, for positive change for health? How how you know how should we use that voice in really positive ways? Absolutely, um, I I do feel there may be a reluctance or maybe a fear to be visible um, as a nurse and in the in a really um, political way to actually stand up and be counted as a, as a nurse and not necessarily as a nursing leader or a nursing educator or or all these titles but as the core of a nurse at the coal faces I feel like a lot of our work is hidden um, and for lots of different reasons. We have a lot of legislation, we have a lot of privacy laws and things like that. But um, I feel like in the sort of consciousness of, of health that sometimes nurses aren't regarded as those those experts um, and they very much are. And maybe maybe they're not because they're so damn busy, hardworking and and doing the work that maybe, maybe somewhere through our training we're not taught or given the possibility that we can use our voice and maybe our training is so focused on our areas that it forgets to be maybe more integrated into that political sphere. So um, maybe it's a reflection somewhere of our training, maybe it's a reflection of somewhere our, our country as well. I feel like if when we when we have a voice, it's very negative and um, almost like a, a cathartic process because um, there are a lot of challenges in nursing and we want to ethically perform our jobs in ways that make us feel empowered and that we're making a difference but we we struggle with the climate that we work in the socio-political climate we work in but I feel like when we process that cathartic union of actually talking and discussing and there's been a lot of um, sort of movement on online on on facial uh, on Facebook and social media. Um, I feel like if we could harness that energy and use that in a productive, meaningful way, I think that would be incredible. And I feel like nurses have so much experience and so much to offer um, that it's a really exciting time with. The diversification of nursing, the um, the science, the art of nursing, I feel like they absolutely should be consulted on matters and viewed as the experts on those matters from the nursing perspective, absolutely. Thank you, Liz. So how would you use your nurse's voice? How would I use my nurse's voice? I use my nurse's voice and my words. So we talked about words and how words are medicine. So when I'm in that, that healing space, when I'm in that I've had eight hours sleep and my life is balanced space, <laughs> I use my words to plant seeds. I use my actions to speak louder than my words when my words aren't heard. I use my, my like we talked about that song, you know, I'm going hunting. I seek out people that maybe have a voice that would be in unison with mine because together we're stronger and together we're wiser and together you have so much power to make a difference. But more importantly, you feel connected. And when you feel connected, you lose that isolation with your voice. So I use um, my voice to seek out wisdom, to seek out nurses that I find so inspiring. And I learn to speak with wisdom. I learn to listen a lot. And I use it in different ways. I use it when I and working with someone through grief and loss, I use it to support um, people that I'm working with if if maybe they aren't, maybe they're frustrated, maybe they're not in their compassionate space for themselves or, or others. 
I use it when I advocate for integrative health. I use it when I plant seeds for change and alternative ways of thinking. I use it when I when I write. Though no one's read the writings, I, they're still there. <laughs> one day, one day. So I use yeah, I use my voice through my writing. Um, but if if I was to say how I, I use my voice, if I was to say how that's used at its core, say I use my voice to connect. That's how I use my voice, my nursing voice. We currently have a um, an initiative politically at a government level for um, a health and wellbeing um, initiative to try and attempt to lift our community health. And I wonder how you might view that and how you might see certain possibilities uh, as a nurse, how you can help influence positive change. Hmm. I feel like as a nurse in my role, like in my in my actual job role, I feel like I can make a difference there. But also as a nurse in, uh, invested in the health of my community, I feel like as a member, as a participant as well, that there's a different role to be played there. I feel like I don't just go home from my job and then those thoughts cease and I'm no longer a nurse. You know, you don't have a nurse. I feel like for me personally, as a, using that healer archetype, I don't feel like I take that cloak off when I leave the leave for work in the, in the morning or come home. Um, I feel like it's something, it's a way you view things. It's a way you, that your lifestyle is. So I feel like um, when you ask what is it that I can do, I feel like if I am living my life in a truly authentic way that aligns with my values, that keeps me well by all, by all that self-care that we talked about, if I give myself permission to do that, I feel like that empowers other people to live their truths as well. Thank you very much, Liz, for joining us today. And thank you, Anna, for... Um, bringing us all together for this really exciting um, series. I'm really honoured to be here. Thank you. And uh, this is Changing Lenses, Anna Aikman. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to your feedback. You can supply feedback on Anna at AnnaAikman.com. That's A-N-A-H at Anna, A-N-A-H, Aikman, A-I-K-M-A-N.com. Changing Lenses, a unique perspective is available on podcast on plainsfm.org.nz. Type in Changing Lenses. Kakite anō. Until next time, go well, be well, and travel well. This is Anna Aikman, and you have been listening to Changing Lenses. <laughs>